welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing? Not too bad, yep. Um, cool, what have you been playing this week or within the last week? Uh, not a whole lot, I've been on the road today, yesterday and Monday, so I've had barely any time to game. Um... I have gotten a couple things knocked off my to-do list in Division 2. I haven't completed them completely, but I've gotten them to the point to where I just have like one more thing to do, and then that's done. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, it's one of those things that I'm really wanting a game to like suck up my, all my attention and effort, but there's not really been anything that I've played. I actually signed up. Well, I didn't sign up. I took my free month of uh, EA Pass, hoping that I could get... Uh, Fallen Order as part of EA Pass, but apparently it's not part of that uh, yet. No, it's not. You can play FIFA Which is 20. A <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the only rental service over here in the States is Gamefly. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're doing a bad job, it's just that there's so many gamers, they just can't keep stock in consistently. Like, like when you do a Boomerang and you put your games on a list, you're fairly certain that even with like new launch games, uh, you'll get it relatively quickly, but with uh, GameFly, just because there, you know, there's so many people over here in the U.S. that are gamers, um, they just can't keep it in stock. Yeah. And I, this yeah. is one of those times where I wish I could do like a 24-hour rental of a game. You know, pay like two, three bucks, and uh, you know, just try the game for a few hours, see if I like it or not. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the way Boomerang works. And once you get used to kind of how it works, uh, then you'll be fine with it. I've used it for. I think three years in January, maybe two years. I've lost track. I love I love to load that up. So, um, but yeah, never look back. So uh, I've brought, I've yeah. brought, you know, I've brought certain games. I've actually bought Call of Duty Modern Warfare now because I know I'm going to be playing it for a, a while. So I don't want to keep having that taking up a space every month. Um, plus, then I'm technically actually spending more money if I rent it for a year as opposed to just buying it and then taking it off the list. So, um, cool. So that, yeah, that's what you've been doing and stuff. Yeah, just bouncing around a couple little games, you know, finding some small things on Game Pass to try, because uh, I do really like Game Pass Ultimate. Um, I do see very much the value of having that, and I'm going to keep it after my uh, um, conversion from the goal to the ultimate ends. I'm just going to keep doing that because I like it, but mm-hmm. uh, nothing's just really just like grabbed me and taken hold. It's like, sit down and play this for six hours. Hmm. Okay. Uh, cool. In terms of stuff I've been playing, I'm gonna talk about that in a minute in the housekeeping section because all the games I've beaten as of as of late I've reviewed. So I'm not gonna say what I think because I've already done that. So uh, we're gonna swiftly move on to the housekeeping section. See you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. 
and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, as of just a few hours ago, Manchester United beat Tottenham 2-1 at home. Um, which was a nice surprise in a way. Uh, Tottenham didn't really turn up, but of course I talked about that on the United Cast episode. Uh, May United two, Tottenham one at Old Trafford, which is good. Uh, we travelled to the Etihad, not me, the players obviously. Uh, travelled to the Etihad uh, on Saturday for the big Manchester derby, which is going to be uh, a big game, of course. So that will be the next game, uh, and then the one after that is Everton, I think, the Sunday after. But let's 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 deal with Man City first. So uh, there's that. Uh, watching the Watchmen season one episode seven. Me and David are still covering that. There's two episodes left. Season nine is the season of, uh, season nine episode nine. Sorry, is the season finale, uh, and that will be in two weeks' time. So look out for Watchmen episodes. Uh, speaking of the three the three games that I just talked about, which I have reviewed uh, and beaten: Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order spoiler free review, Death Stranding spoiler free review, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer review, which I don't need to explain doesn't have spoilers because it's a multiplayer mode. Um, yeah, that's uh, the pretty much the video game stuff. I'll talk in a minute about, I guess, um, my uh, Call of Duty Season 1 impressions. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Actually, I'll talk about that here. Uh, I jumped in for like an hour or so and played on um, Crash, which is the one map that's been added. They're actually adding them kind of separately. Uh, so, so not all at once. Uh, the game does have a battle pass, but you don't need it in order to access the free content content that's been advertised so all the stuff that i mentioned last week in that long list is still free but there is like a battle it is almost like what fortnite does if you want certain different other items uh you can get the battle pass which is entirely up to you but again all at least from the crash map that i played you can play that for free as long as you have the game so there's that um good omen season one episodes one and two uh that's another segment of course from tv talk episode 27 if you want to listen to all the segments go and listen to that podcast uh, and of course there's all the different segments that have been released so far i think there's one more left to come out i can't quite remember but uh yeah look out for those on mondays uh and that sort of thing uh, what else we got? Charlie's Angels review. That was interesting and fun to do. Uh, not doing very well at the box office, but you know it's got Patrick Stewart and Kristen Stewart in it, so you've still got some big names. Still a good film, and uh, of course I reviewed that uh, as well. Seem Seem Scream rather uh, season three uh, Resurrection, uh, the mini reboot for the TV series, the second sort of reboot if you want to call it that. Uh, I reviewed that season of course, uh, and we don't know if it's coming back for season four, but we do know there's a Scream five, the film in development. So there's that. Uh, United cast. I also talked about of course our home draw at Aston Villa two two. Uh, Let's Play Sundays, episode 17 for Concrete Genie, and that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, Let's move into some news. Alright, what do you want to talk about today? 
well, the first thing that I have up is that uh, developer Altus has been drumming up a lot of hype over their Twitter account with a uh, countdown. It's been officially revealed that Persona 5 Royale's re- release date for Europe and North America. Uh, this game has been out since October 31st in Japan. And um, this will be uh, launching uh, both in the UK and in the US on March 31st next year. Now, this is exclusive for PlayStation 4, which is kind of a bummer because I'm not the biggest fan of non first party console exclusives. Okay. Uh, but right. other than that, uh, it's fine. Uh, Persona 5 brings new activities, new places to visit, uh, several changes in addition to the combat system. Uh, you can pre order. Uh, Several versions of it, uh, the most expensive being the Ultimate Edition at $100 US, um, which is a digital only. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're a Persona fan, I mean, you're getting more Persona, which is never a bad thing. So, hmm. As a person that just spent 47 hours playing one game, which was Death Stranding, and knowing that Persona 5, while supposedly a very, very good game, which I played for maybe five hours, I liked what I played. It was good, but apparently it doesn't pick up until you know a little bit later. I can't see myself ever playing that game for 90 hours. Not to put the game down, it's just I have just experienced playing a game for roughly half that amount of time um, with 47 hours, and that was quite a long time, and it was a game I knew I was already invested in. Obviously, you know, Kojima, Death Stranding, all that sort of thing. So I just can't see myself ever finishing that game because I know that it's 90 hours long, um, which is a shame, but it's 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 a time thing. Uh, and there isn't there isn't even really a busy problem. It's just the fact of how long the product is going to last. You know, the ninety hours is a, regardless of how busy you are. Um, that's a still a long time to play a game for. So, um, yeah, what, what do you think of Persona? I've never played any of the games. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never really been that deep into the PlayStation <coughs> sphere of things. I barely owned a PS3. And I only played like two or three games on it. It was more of a Blu-ray player than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, never owned a PS2. Had a PS1 briefly. So that genre has never been in my ste- in my uh, sphere of uh, experience. But I do know that it is wildly popular among a whole lot of people. And they're just super, super excited to get it. And like I've said before, more of what you like is never a bad thing. Sure. And yeah. you know, just enjoy it. Enjoy the hell out of it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure Persona fans that, you know, have played the game uh, and really, really enjoyed it, that they'll enjoy this version. And like you said, that's great. So uh, whether or not we get a Persona 6, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I'm not involved in that fan base. But uh, yeah, for those people that have finished the game, I I mean, didn't it get a a Game of the Year nomination the year it was out? I'm pretty sure that it did. Uh, which was either, I think it might have. I think so. that was two two years ago, 2017. It might have been two or three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it was last year's award. I don't remember it being nominated. Then I could have that wrong, but that's just why I sort of remember. Um, so yeah, it's obviously really popular with its fan base. It's a great game. It's just 90 hours is when you think about how much time 90 hours is. Uh, it's very very long. So um, yeah, there you go. And more than that, if you think about the fact that this is an expanded version of it. so Right, right. I mean, what the hell does that look like? So, uh, I mean, uh, I got to a point in Death Stranding where um, the game kind of, it, it thre- not really a spoiler, the game kind of tells you, okay, you can do, it throws you back to the world to where you've finished the game, but you can do other side delivery missions if you want to. That's sort of like, okay, you're back in the open world sort of thing. Um 
And uh, I, I said to some people online, like, okay, have I sort of finished this game? Uh, and they were like, yeah, it's just, you know, you can, you know, this is your chance to, okay, go and platinum the game and whatever. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, I, I really enjoyed this game, but I'm not platinum it. And then somebody else said, like, it took them 175 hours to platinum Death Stranding. And I was just like, whew, that's so much time. 175 hours, that's just, that's incredible. So, um... Yeah, it's. I mean, if you want to put time into things that you enjoy, um, then it's there for you, I suppose. So, uh, I mean, some people don't get enough of some things that they enjoy, like uh, I mean, season two of Fly- Firefly or something. But uh, then you've got ninety hours of Persona Five. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the next big update that we have from Red Dead Online Two is adding a bootlegging bis- uh, business. Uh, this update arrives on December thirteenth. Thirteenth, and includes a new slew of content for the online gear, uh, headlining the new uh, Frontier Pursuit, the Moonshider. This is a specialist role that traders can choose. Um, so, since that is in the trader sphere, you have to have that unlocked, which you can unlock from either earning gold from online activities or buying it. Um, I never did get, or I mean, I unlocked the bounty hunter section because that was a Twitch Prime bonus. But I don't know if I want to bring myself to buy gold to do the trader thing, mm. uh, just to unlock the moonshiner. And this has kind of been a, a bit of a bugaboo of mine with Red Dead 2 online, because there's not a whole lot of stuff that you can do solo. I'm, for the most part, a solo gamer. I mean, if somebody that's in the uh, podcast community is uh, on Red Dead 2 and wants to team up on Xbox, I would love to be able to do some of this stuff. Yeah. But, like, all the missions that you would do to earn gold and do a lot of the online content is team-based oriented. And it's not like the uh, um, the Rockstar others, other Rockstar game, the uh, you know Grand Theft Auto Online, to where you can just queue into a group and you just have kind of, like, side-by-side. Some of it's that like that but a lot of it's like Mm -hmm. kind of like story mission based which doesn't really work too well in a random assembled group so yeah um i mean uh what was i gonna say yeah i I remember when i started playing red dead online and whatnot and i was like oh this is cool i just i just wanted more from the world and i couldn't manage to find either side quests in the main single player story for for some reason uh maybe i just wasn't looking in the right places whatever but i was like okay i want my you know oddly enough i just played this game for how many other hours but uh i wanted more of it still and uh just thought okay i'll dip my toes in the online stuff uh and then you know you go to do a story mission thing and it's like searching for matchmaking or whatever and i was like oh i don't really want this so uh, i i completely get what you mean like it is a bit of a bummer when you just want to kind of go in and uh, like rank up by yourself like call of duty modern warfare i've played every single match uh pretty much by myself i've spoken to the odd player in uh different uh matches and whatnot but i can pretty much jump in and and uh play the game by myself with you know just the, the supporting team around me but um yeah it's uh it's it's gonna be interesting interesting to see what rockstar does in the future um, like when when will we get a GTA 6? When will we will we ever get another Red Dead game? What what does that look like? Uh, I mean, you know, obviously we won't get any Rockstar games probably until next generation, which is obvious. But uh, yeah, I mean, when was GTA 5? Was that 2013? I think so. Before that, GTA 5 was on the last console. Oh yeah, yeah, on yeah, the 20... 360 and the yeah. PS3. For like five-ish or six-ish months, mm-hmm. long enough for the online version to come out, and then, then 
when uh, the next gen launched, they waited like a month and then they came out with that version of that. I eventually did buy a GTA 5 online, uh, mostly for the online. I played a little bit of the online, uh, the regular story. But I really grav- gravitated towards the uh, um, the online stuff, especially when they uh, did the stunt races. Those are still just a ton of fun. Yeah. Because you don't have to worry about being the best shooter. You don't have to worry about <laughs> really anything. You just get these crazy ass, you know, physically impossible stunt tracks and just zip zoom all over the place. And they're tons of fun. I still fire that up every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched some uh, Funhouse uh, videos of that with uh, Alana Pierce and whatnot. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I get what you mean as well in terms of, you know, with, with Call of Duty and stuff, you have to be, you know, have your accurate shots and whatnot, and, uh, with GTA, it's pretty much, can you just win the race sometimes? Uh, and, that, and that's a really good thing for that game to have done, to have, like, branched out in that way, and granted, driving is a big part of the game, and you don't really drive anything in Call of Duty in the same way. Uh, like, you get tanks and whatnot, but it's really not the same thing. Um, so yeah, it's good that they, they've been able to do that, and, uh... Every now and again, when I listen to it's either like sacred symbols or maybe kind of funny games daily, when they talk about MPD and GTA is just constantly in there. So uh, not always like you know top five, but it's usually in the top ten or twenty at least. So um, they just keep selling these games and it just it just keeps going. So there you go. Yeah, and it's one of those things that with uh, the racing thing, you really um, don't even have to worry about a whole lot of it. It's not like you know, you have a faster car because a lot of the races that they set up, um, you know, the cars are all default. Mm-hmm. Um, and past that, I mean, it's just one of those things that you can enjoy it without having to ha- be on a team or anything like that. And that's just not really there with uh, the Red Dead online. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, next up, uh, Star Citizen, the game that continues to have people throw money at it, despite the fact that it's probably never going to come out, uh, reached a new milestone. Uh, the game's public funding page has eclipsed $250 million uh, from the initial GoFundMe campaign that was launched all the way back in 2012. So we're loading up on eight years of people damn, paying damn. for a game that's just barely out of the alpha. Um $9 million alone came in November, which makes it the biggest month ever for the funding in the game's history, according to PC Gamer. Uh, the uptick is in support of Star Citizen's uh, upcoming fan event, uh, CitizenCon, which took place at the end of the month. Now, it's important to remember, this game still has not launched, despite the fact that it was supposed to launch four years ago. Uh, so all the gameplay that you see on like YouTube channels, Channels and whatnot. This is all like pre-alpha stuff from mm-hmm. early investors and people just throwing money at a game that makes no sense. Yeah, I mean these things. These things can happen. Um, do you have uh, films and stuff that take ages to make? Uh, I, I was listening to uh, or watching rather a thing on the John Campier show yesterday. Who you should go and check out. He's very very good on YouTube. Uh, talking about Avatar two finishing shooting for twenty nineteen, uh, and it's just like man, some. Some games, some not necessarily shows. I don't really notice it as much with TV shows. Maybe I'm just not noticing it with that. But usually with games and with films, some things just take like decades to make or years and years and years to make. Uh, I mean, how long did Kingdom Hearts three take to to make? That was a a really really long time. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be inter- interesting to see if this game does come out at some point. Whether it's uh, just going to wait for sort of next gen or whatever. 
uh, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's it's quite stunning sometimes when you look at uh, you know Call of Duty continues to come out every year, FIFA comes out every year, um, that like sports franchises. Assassin's Creed used to do that, but now it doesn't really do that. Is there any other apart from like FIFA, Call of Duty, and you know those sorts of things? Is there any other franchises that are actually still annualized? Um, because like I said, Assassin's Creed is well, all the sports franchises are doing it. So NFL, MLB, NBA, those are all annualized along with FIFA. Yeah. But the biggest difference between those and, all, and Star Citizen is that those are all games that are internally funded. Right. I mean, right. yeah, I bitch and piss and moan about you know FIFA and NFL just being a roster update <laughs> every year that people pay $60 for. But that's all money that people pay for when the game comes out. That's all you know, coded and developed and whatnot inside the right. you know EA Studios or somebody else's studios. Star Citizen is completely funded by fans of, and I'm a fan too of his original Wing Commander series. That's still one of the best series of all time, in my opinion. But this is a game that's four years out of date, four years overdue, um, nine years almost um, from when it was originally crowdfunded. And you can't just like go to Steam or go to the Epic Store or whatever and buy the game. It's still, mm. you know, early access through the uh, crowdfunding only for uh, the game itself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens with the game and uh, if it ever comes out. So, uh, anything else you want to say about this, or do you want to move on? No, we can move on. Cool. What was the other thing you had to talk about today? Uh, next thing I have to talk about is Nightbot, which is the staple of many streamers as a way for automated uh, text to come out when you're streaming through stream elements, uh, was down for about a half an hour the other day because someone uh, was trolling and decided to troll the Nightbot account and filed a false uh, Digital Media Copyright Act strike against it. Uh, now, Nightbot technically has a Twitch account, which is uh, twitch.tv slash Nightbot, mm-hmm. but that was created just so that the people that use the link for Nightbot can use that link. There's no real actual content of Nightbot. In fact, if you go on their Twitch account and look at online time, there's zero <laughs> broadcast time for the Nightbot account. Um and so, and this down, this outage was only for about a half an hour, uh, so it wasn't too long. But it does show the fact that the uh, the copyright strikes against Twitch accounts is completely broken because a non-existing email account for a non-existing person was able to file a strike against an account that has zero broadcast time, and they still shut it down for half an hour. Yeah, just seems like a weird thing someone would take the time to do. Uh, obviously, this particular person isn't spending 90 hours playing Persona, or 47 hours playing Death Stranding, or anything else, really. Uh, it, I said to you, once, because we, before we go to record, we uh, discuss with each other what news we have to discuss, and then you obviously told me you had this, and I just said, like, who's got the time to even bother to do something like that? It's It's kind of strange, so... Uh, and you just said, obviously, people that have, you know, too much time and nothing to do, which uh, surprises people in this day and age, because usually, you know, most people would say they're too busy for most things, but uh, someone found the time to waste time doing this, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, 
any thoughts on, any thoughts on this? Uh, just whoever does this needs to be punched in the face really, really hard. <laughs> but past that, I mean, trolls are going to be trolls. And there's some level of trolling that I like. But this is literally affecting God knows how many streamers, not even just Twitch. Because there's a lot of like Mixer users that use OBS and then they link that to uh, right. um, to Nightbot for their automated stuff. And this you know, half hour affected so many people just for a troll. It's not even like a funny troll. No, it's not. It's not like when people put like sexually suggestive names as their username and then donate money to a streamer so that they'll read their sexually suggestive name on air. Right. That I find hilarious. Yeah. Just because you you know you get somebody to say something like weird or offensive whatever, you know that's on them. That's something that they see the name, and then they're just reflexively saying the name without actually reading the name and like, oh maybe I shouldn't say that name. <laughs> but you know that's just uh, that's just screwing with people. Yeah. Uh, cool. What else did you want to talk about today? <laughs> uh, well, the last thing they have to talk about is we've talked VR off and on a little bit. Yep. Um, and so PSVR. this is like the weirdest yeah well just vr in general i mean there's psvr there's oculus there's other ones uh but this is like the weirdest use of vr that i've seen and that's assuming the article is real i mean i'm i'm accepting the fact that this article could be fake but this is from a week ago and i've not seen any corrections okay uh so there's this uh cow farm in russia that decided that it wants to be nicer to the cows that they're milking for milk which you know you want to be kind to the animals absolutely and so they're strapping vr goggles to the cows heads and broadcasting like wide open fields so that they don't know that they're in a milk farm okay yeah so to make yeah this is from do they they know how effective it is Well, it's one of those things that it's a cow. How can you actually know how effective it is? Right. Uh, But this is literally the matrix for cows. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's it's a funny thing for them to kind of do. So, uh, I mean, you probably couldn't put a VR headset on my dog. Plus, she'd probably try and rip it apart or something like that. But, uh,. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if... Yeah, and this is a cow. This is a much more docile animal than, like, any kind of domestic... Even a domesticated, like, dog or cat or whatever, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what do you think of this? Uh, well, it's one of those things I'm only, like, 70-ish percent sure that it's real because, one, it's uh, from a Russian website, so you never know if the translation's right or not. And two, you never know if somebody's just making this up. It's unfortunate, but there's so it's so 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 easy to fake legitimacy in a news site mm-hmm. that I don't trust hardly anything. I could kind of see this as a use um, because there have been studies that show that happy animals that are used for like production for like milk or eggs or whatever. Right. Um, the quality is improved if the animals are treated well versus the animals treated bad. Um, there are some university level scientific. Uh, so I can see this as a possibility. It's the only really thing that keeps me from thinking, oh, this might be fake, is the cost involved. Because you're talking about a headset VR I didn't think and that, a computer yeah. Yeah. for each cow. 
So, mm. I mean, if, if this is like from a universe, like a test experiment, so let's say they had like 10 cows that weren't and 10 cows that were strapped up to the, the VR headset, and then they just kind of did like a blind taste test with the milk quality, I would believe that more. This would be more like in the 95-ish percent range. Mm-hmm. Um, this being in Russia, down to about 70 because you never know what somebody with too much money and too little time on their hands might do. Or they buy like a whole lot of black market stuff to where they're getting it like super, super cheap. Like, you know, maybe some weird uh, shipment of VR headsets got transferred and then got lost in shipment. And then somebody pop, picked it up like 20p on the dollar for the cost. I could see that possibly as well. Uh, but just the thought of it, because I know a lot of people that believe in the, uh, you know how there's like old theories of the universe of, oh, it was divine creation or it was, you know, the Big Bang or whatever. I know several people that think that our reality is just a computer simulation. Like several people that believe yeah. that. Yeah. And so just that alone lends it to a sm- smidge more credibility. Otherwise, this would be down like into the 40%. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. All right. Uh, well, did you have anything else you want to talk about? No, that's yeah. all I had. So, cool. Uh, well, we've got. Um, there's been lots of uh, well, rumors uh, and speculation. There's also been. Um, someone someone posted something about uh, not a, not a listing on PSN, but about like some code found in PSN for listings. Cause obviously, they have, they have to prepare certain games and code things and whatnot. Uh, Resident Evil 3 is of course what I'm talking about here, the Resident Evil 3 remake, uh, proposedly or supposedly, uh, and there's been some screenshots which have been, uh, was awesome, like posters and stuff, not screenshots from the game, sorry, uh, like leaked uh, posters and stuff from the game, one of which I'm going to be using as the featured image for this uh, podcast, um, which shows, uh, I can't remember the name of the villain that's supposed to be in Resident Evil 3, it's not Mr. T- uh, X, because that's the guy from Resident Evil 2. Um, it, it's something else, but the, whatever the villain is from Resident Evil 3 is on the cover, and then I think it's Jill and Max or something like that. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. really familiar with the series itself, but I'm here to talk about more of this uh, supposed remake from Resident Evil 3. Uh, Resident Evil 2 remake was really, really successful this year. Uh, lots of people really enjoyed it, myself included. Uh, I don't really have the you know, nostalgia angle for uh, Resident Evil anything. But uh, I thought Resident Evil 2 Remake was really, really good. I think it was an interesting way for them to um, do the game and everything. Uh, so do you think that Capcom is making is doing a Resident Evil 3 Remake? I think they are. I don't know if what we've seen is official for now. But okay. given the yeah. success of Resident Evil 2 Remake, I think the 3 Remake is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we'll see it like next year or within the next five years, that's up for debate. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's Nemesis. I just remembered the uh, name of the... I think it's called Resident Evil 3 Nemesis or some, something like that. Ne- Nemesis just kind of pops into my head. Um... Yeah, I'd be very interested in a Resident Evil 3 remake. It would be a good way for me uh, to to jump into that uh, version of the... uh, All that entry in the franchise. Uh, I don't know how many, like, connections there is with with the second one or whatever. I I really don't know. Uh, I've only played... uh, For some reason, finished all of 5. I still don't know why I did that, but I did. Uh, Finished Resident Evil 2. Played most of Resident Evil 7. And that was about it. I never touched 4... 
um, or three or one. I played some of the one port which was on PS One, like the, the HD port that they did for Resident Evil One. But yeah, I'd be interested to see what Konami, uh, Konami uh, Capcom uh, could do for uh, for a Resident Evil Three remake. Of course, they did a really good job with the second one, so there's no reason to think they can't do a good job with this one. Um, do you think we'll see an announcement at the Game Awards later this later this month? If it's something that's going to come out in the next six months, like say before May or June-ish mm-hmm. of 2020, then yeah, we'll see it at the Game Awards. If it's not at the Game Awards, then it probably won't be at, at the earliest. It'll be Christmas holidays next year. So mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, it could be very exciting. Um, as of yesterday, uh, the PlayStation has turned 25. Um, it's a console that I've pretty much grown up with, uh, you know, it was born right around the same time I was born, I mean, it's the same age as me, so that tells you something. Um, yeah, I just thought we'd talk about the PlayStation 1 for a little bit, uh, and kind of the, the brand itself. Um, I mean, you've got several notable game series that have come from the console, Tomb Raider, Crash Bandicoot, uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, you've got things like, um... What was it called like Abe? You've got things like Siphon Filter. You've got, um, of course, that's where we had some of the licensed games as well, uh, like Spider Man and, and some other games. Um, yeah, what, what game kind of comes to mind when you think of the PlayStation One? Uh, mostly Final Fantasy VII, just yeah. because yeah. that is a game as a remake that fans won't shut the hell up about. <laughs> and even with the remake that's coming out soon. There's some fans that are like, yeah, I get to play this game again in modern version. And there's some fans that are like, it's not exactly the same as before, so what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Plus it's going to be in multiple episodes, so it will uh, be talked about even after part one or episode mm-hmm. one is released. H- however, that's going to take place. So, um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII's a big one. Uh, any others? Of course, I've mentioned Crash, Tomb Raider, and Metal Gear Solid. So those are some big ones. Um, you, yeah, you... I don't. I never actually opened. I never actually owned a, a PlayStation. I borrowed one from huh. a friend for like a month. That's a, like the total experience that I had with it. So mm-hmm. you've got uh, Croc. You've got the dreadful Bubsy uh, 3D. That, that's got to be one of the worst games of all time. Uh, you, you know which game I'm talking about, right? The the Bubsy 3D platformer thing. Do you, do you vaguely to... ish. Okay, don't look like it up. It's vaguely, <laughs> vaguely ish. Well, you, you, can, you can look it up, but uh, if I tell you what, if you want a funny kind of coverage video for it, go and check out. Uh, just type in Cadicarus and then type in um, Bubsy. I'm, I'm sure you'll find the video. Uh, it's uh, that, that's not just a recommendation to Robert. That's a recommendation to uh, all of you. Just going over how truly terrible that game is. Um, but it, it's weirdly iconic because of how bad it is. It's sort of like okay, this is one that we don't sort of trash it's more just at this point obviously you know in, in 2019 it's more one that's just kind of comically bad and everyone's just sort of talks about that game as if like look look how bad this thing was and like uh just just kind of discussing it in that way so um what else did we have we had uh, i mean there was a ton of of ps1 games so um but th- those are the notable ones i can i can sort of think about so um yeah happy birthday or anniversary to playstation and uh, i'm looking forward to ps5 so there you go. Uh, already talked about my Call of Duty Season One impressions. Uh, we'll see when they add the other maps. I've heard that they're going to do one a month, which is fine, I suppose. So 
Uh, we had some other discussion um, a couple of weeks ago about Kojima potentially returning to horror. This was also covered on uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily in a recent episode, I think about a week or so ago. Um, yeah, when you think of Kojima and you think of what he's done so far, what would you like to see him do next? Because of course he's talking about, you know, is there a Death Stranding 2? Is he going to do these films he's talking about? Is he going to go back to horror as we've talking about here? Uh, what do you think is going to kind of happen next with him? I really don't have any kind of opinion of what I would like for him to do because mm-hmm. I've never really played any of the Metal Gear Solid games to any extent, so I don't have that kind of fandom behind. Judging by the people that he's hung out with, with the people that he's made games with within the last few years, I definitely think he's just going to transition to movies because if you look at the length of his cutscenes and <laughs> some of those, like even like in the earlier like uh, Metal Gear 4 era, those are long. I had one person say that if you took like all the cutscenes from Death Stranding, you could make a seven-hour movie. I don't know if that's true or not, mm-hmm. but I think you know, it's about ten it's hours a... or something. Yeah, of of cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's clearly somebody that wants to make a movie, and now he's got a, a cool director friend and a few cool actor friends. He could easily transition into just making movies, which I personally think is what he really wants to do. He mm-hmm. might just be to that point. Yeah, he, he, he'll be like uh, Martin Scorsese and make a three-and-a-half-hour three and film. So. <laughs> um, yep, The Irishman. Yeah, The Irishman is what I'm, I'm talking about. Have you seen any of it? Haven't had a chance yet, but I have had a person tell me that it's it makes the most sense and it's easier to watch if you break it down into four episodes okay. and then stop the episode at 50 minutes in. And then just treat the rest of the film as one-hour episodes. So, like, stop it at 50 minutes and then take a break and then go to 150 and then go to 250 and then watch the rest of the movie. Okay. All right. Uh, Yeah, in terms of Kojima, um, I think he's capable of a lot. I think that... uh... He's obviously got quite a creative mind. You you don't put the stuff in Death Stranding that's in Death Stranding if you don't have a creative mind. It's really quite as simple as that. Um, he's not you know a simple game developer or anything. Um, I think in terms of films, I'd love to see what he could make. Plus, then I wouldn't have to do deliveries and whatnot. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends what plot ideas he's got because obviously if he makes a, a film it's going to be a new IP or whatever uh, if he makes a Death Stranding 2 then that's just going to be a sequel uh, if he makes something horror wise it's probably going to be a new IP because I mean in terms of him touching uh, Metal Gear again and uh, going to Silent Hill that's probably never going to happen because obviously the whole Konami thing so if he was to do any horror or any action sort of thing it would probably be a new IP. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I think it's going to be several years before we see anything from him. Just because you know, he does take a long time to make certain things. Uh, although Death Stranding didn't take that long to be completely honest. You know, you got a really, really long game in there. Um, and uh, how long did it take him to make it? Like four years, I think. Roughly. Shorter than some games, longer than others. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, what he's got planned. So there's that. Um, I, again, I don't think you'll hear about any kind of announcement for, for quite some time. So it's just a case of waiting for us to see what he's going to do. Uh, a Plague Tale Innocence. Robert, have you heard of this game? No, I have not. Okay. It's a game where you play as this uh, sister. She's got this brother that's got this kind of sickness or something. And you're basically guiding him through 
the French Plague, hence, you know, a Plague Tale. Uh, I played, I want to say about five or six hours of a Plague Tale, and it was a great game. I just didn't quite, I sort of stopped getting into it, if that makes sense. Like, it, it sort of clicked at certain points, and then it just kind of unclicked, if that makes sense. Um, which is a bit of an unusual thing to happen, but nonetheless it happened. Uh, there was a report from Eurogamer today. Uh, retweeted by several different people that uh, a Plague Tale 2 uh, I don't know how Plague Tale ends so I couldn't tell you what a Plague Tale 2 will be about uh, is reportedly in development for 2022 um, do you think this might be the case? Uh, it's hard to tell I'm, like I said I'm not that familiar with it so I don't know if mm-hmm. it sold well enough or had a big enough fan get base for anything like that so okay um yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, the the other discussion I've heard about this game is that, like, you know, it's, it's a game of the year contender. It's one of the best games people have played, and obviously, you know, I respect that. But uh, I, I, as I'd kind of started to play it and heard a bit about it, and then stopped playing it and then heard more about it, it kind of is one of them games where you think, like, okay, why didn't it sort of click for me? Like, it was a you can see on paper it's a good enough game, but. It just doesn't kind of click with you personally. But a bit like you with The Witcher, you kind of you recognize it as a great video game. It just didn't click for you personally, uh, and it, it is quite frustrating when that does happen because you think like, uh, I mean, something like Bioshock is a good example where Colin uh, Moriarty himself has like um, gushed about that game for years, and I, I've just never gotten into that series. So it's it's a frustrating thing when everybody's kind of telling you, you know, this is one of the greatest games ever made or one of the games of the year, and it uh, just doesn't quite click for you. So. Uh, what do you think of that? Just like games not clicking for you, it's kind of frustrating. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that if it happens, it happens. All you can do is really just do the best with what you can. So mm-hmm. yep, uh, and that's what we've got for you uh, for the news and things like that. Uh, let's move into some emails. If you've got any thoughts, feelings, comments, questions about video games or anything related to entertainment talk, uh, anything like that, uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Jacob says, Hey Matt, with Activision doing well with COD and Crash, are Activision on your good side? How does Robert feel about them as well? Uh, I mean, in terms of, uh, I mean, the the thing that they've done wrong as of recently is adding microtransactions to uh crash team racing post review embargo basically because every you know all the outlets reviewed it and several weeks went by and everyone was playing it and enjoying it and then they put in the uh, microtransactions which was a, a dirty kind of thing to do uh obviously the um insane trilogy was impressive to me i really really enjoyed it and i recognize crash team racing as a great game it just i i didn't think it would click for me um, just in terms of like the the carts sort of side of things, but uh, still recognise it as a as a good enough game. Uh, obviously, got a lot of affection for the Insane trilogy, you know, the remaster of the original trilogy. Uh, and yeah, Activision are doing are doing a really really great job with uh, Modern Warfare at the moment. Uh, adding in the um, you know, free uh, I, I guess DLC if you want to call it like, the free updates with Crash and other things. Uh, the map I'm talking about, obviously, uh, being added to the game, and just just the overall attempt with the the main game itself, they've done really really well with so far. Uh, not played Spec Ops, I've not played the campaign, but I can only speak to the multiplayer, which they've uh, knocked out the park uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, how about you? How do you feel about Activision at the moment? I'm pretty neutral on them. I mean, there's not really a game that I play or that I remember playing relative recently that has been mm-hmm. an Activision game so I do remember when that came out on the newswire that they added uh, microtransactions after the fact 
I thought it was a bit of a dick move, but yeah, then again, yeah. it also might have been the fact that they really wildly miscalculated their uh, purchasing of the skins and whatnot, since it was a lot of a lot of effort based and a lot of time sync based onto unlocking the stuff in Crash Team. Maybe they just threw that in as a way for people to skip that. But even still, they can always just they could have always just recalculated the uh, rewards for the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just thrown in like bonuses for people that had been playing it all, all to this point. But, you know, it is what it is. And I don't own the game and I have no plans of getting the game. So it doesn't affect really me that much. So, right. Yep. Uh, Bethany says, have to agree with Matt about the Joy Cons. They are terrible. So, two questions. Have you found a solution? And that one time that Robert used them, what did he think? Uh, I remember you saying that they were just kind of too small for your hands. Uh, and that sort of thing, because you played, where, where did you play a Switch again? My cousin's uh, kid, so mm-hmm. basically, not nephew, kind of like sub-cousin, I guess, right. I don't yeah. think there's really a term, uh, he's 10 years old, and he has a Switch, and I we, mm-hmm. I was over at their house for Christmas last year, and so I played Fortnite on the Switch for about 10 minutes, and it, it ran okay, Yeah. Uh, just the Joy-Cons were just not very great to have in my hand for any length of time so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> as a person that you know obviously has, has used the joy cons a bit more i genuinely think they're quite a terrible set of little controllers and i know that they're obviously built for you know this <clears throat> the hand uh person with smaller hands which i have relatively small hands but they're still uncomfortable i just think it, even if you take the you know smaller size of the joy cons out the equation um, I just think I think some of the buttons are far too close together. I think the right uh, stick, if you, the right analog stick, has always been in the wrong position. Um, I've always found that difficult to use with like the the B button because there'd be sometimes when I'd go to press B for whatever particular reason and like knock the right analog stick or <clears throat> or I'd be using the right analog stick and then I'd accidentally press B or something. Um, I don't think that the uh, shoulder buttons, if you want to call them that, uh, like. R and L and LR and all that, all, all those buttons. I don't think those are very good. Uh, it feels like I'm going to break them sometimes. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I and even just it, not only the buttons uh, like Y, X, B, and A and all that lot. Not only are they too close together, but they're also also too small. So sometimes I'll feel like I'm going to press Y when I press B or something. Uh, I really don't like them. In terms of solution, at one point, I'm probably going to trade them in for a Pro Controller. I haven't played my Switch for for a little while, but uh, I've got a whole bunch of games to, to play on the Switch. Um, uh, probably over the Christmas break and whatnot. But once I do that, I'm probably going to trade in the Joy-Cons for a Pro Controller and then look for one of those um, uh, attachment things you can get. It's, it's, it's where uh, this little thing holds your Switch and then the other one holds hold your uh, or attaches to a Pro Controller. So I'm going to try and use that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're very good. And I, I also think that they're wildly overpriced. So, uh, I mean, when, when I went to potentially look at a replacement for one of them, it was like £45, which is the price of a single PS4 controller, which tells you something. I'm, pay- I'm paying the same price for half of a controller, basically. So, uh, thankfully they haven't broken yet. I have had the, uh, stick drift. Uh, at, at certain different points, but it's sort of come and gone. Um, but I, I really don't think they're very good design for controllers. I mean, it's obvious that, like, okay, Pro Controller for the adults and Joy-Cons for the, the young ones or whatever. Um, but 
like then you also have to buy the pro controller if you're an adult anyway because it doesn't come with a switch so yeah it's it's annoying it's frustrating but uh, uh i'll i'll live with it in the end so there you go uh also if i'm playing on the with it on the dock i can just use the um little uh dongle thing that i've got and connect my ps4 controller so that helps as well uh, I, I remember playing the last like five hours of breath of the wild like that uh, and it was much much more comfortable so um there you go and that is what we've got for you for this episode of random gaming talk thank you all very much for listening you can of course find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org um yeah so in terms of what i'm going to be playing next uh i'm obviously playing uh some of the call of duty season one uh stuff with the crash map and all that sort of thing i got a bit of time to do that today and then i'm going to be moving on to the medieval remake i've also got fire emblem three houses and uh, a bunch of other games on my rental list to potentially be sent so yeah next game i'm probably going to be talking about is uh, the medieval remake so we'll see how that goes uh but yes thank you all very much for listening i've just said where you can find all the content but it's on entertainmenttalk.org uh if you want to support the podcast support entertainment talk we're on patreon check out the one dollar and three dollar level tiers uh amazon amazon affiliate link if you're thinking of shopping on amazon for christmas or yourself or both or whatever uh you can use our affiliate link we'll get a small cut of what you spend it won't cost you extra itunes feeds please rate review and subscribe to those uh, word of mouth please tell your friends family people that you know about the website and your itunes feeds uh share them on facebook retweet them on twitter and put them in different facebook groups uh just before i finish my outro i should also say if you're in the uk and uh you want to vote on some tv awards uh david has launched the geek town awards uh robert i don't think you can vote on them because you're not in the uk but um yeah, if you're in the UK uh, and you want to do some voting on TV and be entered to win a prize draw, uh, all of the details are on geektown.co.uk um, slash awards. It's also on David's Twitter. It's also on my Twitter as well. So go and uh, vote for your favourite shows and maybe you might win something. Who knows? So go and check that out. Uh, of course, video games. If you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch and Robert streams on Mixer and also look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.